Well, let's start off in prayer here. Lord, I just thank you for this service today. I thank you, Father God, that this is a day of deliverance. Lord, this is a day where hope will arise in your people. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each and every heart. Lord, let every mind be alert. Let every, every heart be receptive today, Lord, to your word. Teach us, guide us, show us, Lord, your word. Show us about your anointing. And Lord, I thank you, Lord. I, 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 re, I rebuke every single distraction in this place right now, every wandering thought. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Let everybody be present today. In, in their minds and in their hearts, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that you are Lord over us. You are Lord over this church, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Lord, you're so wonderful. You're so good. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, the presence of God is just... Um... <laughs> like, what, what is she doing? What is she... I just... I don't know. I just... It <laughs> just hit me. <laughs> the presence of God is just so tangible and it's so real. Oh, Lord, help us. You know, um, I was, uh, you know, we, we had talked, Pastor Will and Miss Gale and I, um, we had talked about how this week was going to go and who was going to, you know, how we were going to divide it up. And, um, and so I was uh, kind of just preparing all week, just preparing my heart whenever I had a free moment in between jobs and all sorts of things. And, and um, I was like, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? You know, there's some things that I, um, you know, that were going through my heart and, and, and what I wanted to share. But, you know, I, I really wanted to hear from God, and I never want to step up here in this pulpit without the unction, without the unction of the Holy Spirit. And um, and so I was I was just kind of preparing my heart all week, and and um, just trying to find that oomph, you know, the oomph, and because the anointing is the oomph, you know, it's that it's that that thing that you that that has it the stamp on of of that word you know it's it's the presence of god on that word and um and so i was trying to find that and and all of a sudden it sort of hit me last night i was like well thanks lord <laughs> always at the last minute you know <laughs> I was like, <laughs> never never early but never late, you know, and, um, and so, cause I, you know, my husband and, and my kids were gone all week and, and, um, you know, so I had some quiet time and I was really trying to, trying to just hear from God about it, you know, and then, so I, all of a sudden, right before they got home, like an hour before they got home, I was like, okay, I think I got it. And, um, but then, you know, they came home and, I, I was much more interested in talking to my kids and seeing my wonderful husband. And, uh, you know, and I was like, Lord, I, you know, do you want me? Do you want me to preach tomorrow? And I went to bed and I said, all right, Lord. How many of you ever do, do these types of things? <laughs> if you do this, then I'll do that, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I said, I said to myself, I said, okay, Lord. Well, first of all, he asked me if I was going to preach, and I said, um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and, but uh, anyhow, um, so it was, I, I went to bed, and I was like, I told the Lord, I said, okay, if you wake me up at 3 o'clock, I know that you want me to do this. And then I set my alarm for four. 
<laughs> instead. And would you believe I woke up at 3 o'clock on the dot, and, and, uh, and then I tried to lay back down because I thought, well, no, maybe I need to go back to bed. And, uh, and then the Lord just kept, he just kept speaking to me. I was like, oh, okay, I got to get up, get up, get up. So I've been up since 3. And, um, and I, uh, I, I, sometimes I feel like, you know, when I preach, it's like a potpourri of a message. And um, that today it might be a potpourri of a message, but I'm just going to flow with the Holy Ghost. And however the Lord wants to bring this out, then he can bring it out um, because this is a 3 a.m. message. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, as I was just preparing, I was like, Lord, you know, Obviously, this is the, the start of the anointing conference, and it's all about the anointing. And I was like, Lord, you know, there's so many things that I want to share about the anointing. I mean, if you, you've been around here long enough, you know, prob- and, and heard me, I love to talk about the anointing. It's one of my favorite subjects. And I love to talk about destiny about people's destinies, and I love to encourage people in their destiny, and, um, and that's just some of my favorite topics. You know, I preach from a place of where I'm at. I preach from a place of the pain I've gone through. I've preached from the place of, of, of what God's done in me, you know, and, and one thing that God has done in me and is so valuable and so precious is the anointing and the presence of God. It's the most precious thing that I have. And, and I never want to do anything without it. And so as I was thinking, I was like, oh, okay, I could preach on the cost of the anointing because there's a cost that's involved. There's a huge cost that's involved. I'm not going to get there today because I want you to understand actually what the anointing is. I want you to understand what it is and what it does. The anointing can be tangible. How many of you know that, that, that God is omnipresent? That means that God is everywhere. But it doesn't mean that God manifests himself everywhere. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference, and I wasn't even planning on going here, but there's a huge difference between when you see somebody who's anointed and somebody who's not anointed. You know, you can have a worshiper, somebody who's, who comes up and sings a song, and it's just a good song. But you can have somebody else come up and, and sing that same song, and it's like the whole place just... Like the whole atmosphere changes. That is the anointing. That is, it, it's different than skill. The anointing is not skill. The anointing is not a good program. You know, the anointing, and we're going to go into some scripture here in a little bit, and we're going to see that. But you know, as we, as we go in, in the day that we're living in, I just, you know, I see so, see, I just see things really differently than a lot of people. And, you know, and I, I, I hear stories of different great men and women of God that have done great things in their life from young to old and and um and I think man you know what is I mean they became a history maker you know they changed history it's books are written about them and God wants to write books about you he wants to write books about your life and in fact there is a book that's being written about you because the book of acts has not stopped there is no ending to the book of acts and so your life is a continuation of the book of Acts. And, 
and I, I, I listen and I, I listen to stories and all the great men and women of old and from, you know, the Azusa Street Revival and, 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 and the healing, the great healing revivals and, you know, uh, the, the face movement. And, you know, we hear all these stories and I realize that there's something different on those people's lives. There is something that is different because they know the God whom they believe in. And it takes a knowing of God himself. It takes a personal relationship, a, a laying down your life to know him in that way and, and and to know the anointing and you can know the anointing as a little boy and a little girl you can know the presence of God and I don't want to live without that I do not Catherine Kuhlman she said she said I fear one thing she goes I don't fear man how many of you know who Catherine Kuhlman is great miracles you know back in the what 50s or something like that but she, she was a very interesting person in her delivery, you know. <laughs> she was a very interesting person. She, you know, she dressed a certain way and, you know. What's that? The Holy Spirit, yes. She said, one thing that I, that I, that I, I don't fear man. She said, but I fear I fear that I would grieve the Holy Spirit and that I would, would get up and there wouldn't be an anointing. She said that. And she said, um, she, actually, I wrote it down. Let me, let me look at it. Because I thought it was so awesome. She said, you can strip me of everything, but not that. You can strip me of everything, but that. And she said, and I would never go out again to preach. You can strip me of everything but that. Because I would become the most ordinary person. And I would do nothing. See, there's a place in God that you can get to. In your pursuit of him. Where it's just you and him. And that's it. There's, the, there, there's an experience. Those people of old, the Smith Wigglesworths and the, you know, all these other, other people, the Kenneth Hagins, you know, and the Catherine Coolmans and Amy Simple McPhersons and all of them, they had an anointing because they had an experience with God. They had an experience with God. They didn't have just a knowledge, but they had an experience with God. And it's so critical in this day and hour that we're living in because we're going, you know, it's like unprecedented, the hardships and the, you know, all the nations of the world are being shaken right now. But it's critical that you have an anointing for whatever you are doing in your life. I don't care. You don't have to be in the ministry. But you, every believer has an anointing. They have the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And then there's the anointing upon that helps you carry out the plan and purpose of God. The anointing is the power, the manifested presence and power of God. And I don't care who you are. You need an anointing to be a nurse. You need an anointing to be a receptionist. You need an anointing to be a mother. Amen. <laughs> you need an anoint. I need to be an anointed mother. I tell my kids sometimes, you're never going to get away with it. You'll never get away with it of anything because the Holy Ghost always shows me. He shows me, and he, he, he wakes me up in the middle of the night, and he gives me dreams or whatever it is. And <laughs> yes, 
You need an anointing to be a mother, to be a grandma. You need an anointing to be a father. I mean, if anything, we've ever, we've needed this more than anything. That is what is going to advance the kingdom of God is when you're anointed. If you are, you are in business, then you'll be an anointed businessman. If you're a fisherman, you'll be an anointed fisherman. And you catch as many fish as you can. I was talking to somebody the other day. And, uh, and, and they're launching into like a, kind of a new area for them. And, uh, and, they, and they said, uh, you know, I'm really believing God that, you know, that I'm going to, you know, make X amount of money and da 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 I said, I said, you will in Jesus' name because the favor of God is and you're anointed to do it. And, and this person has been breaking records and uh, for uh, records that they set for themselves. And so it's so awesome to see, you know, but if anything, we... We are living in this time where we have to be anointed to advance the kingdom of God. And uh, so I'm going to take you to a couple scriptures this morning. You need this anointing because this is what is going to make the difference right here. This, this anointing is going to make the difference, whether in these times that we're living in, whether you become a victor or you're going to be a victim. Whether you become a casualty or you're going to be a survivor, it all depends on this. It all depends on this about knowing God, knowing him, and experiencing him. And, and, and for far too long, the American church has, has played games, has played games and and the lord i i really believe he's setting he's setting he's setting people apart right now he's setting them apart and he's saying come come i want you to i want you to live holy i want you to live pure and i want you to walk in this anointing and carry this anointing into your schools into your workplace into your and 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 to let the the kingdom of god come and so it's so critical. It's so critical that you get this. This is not just a, this is, I don't take this lightly. This is, this, is, this is serious business right here. Amen? And so, so the anointing makes the difference. When the anointing of God touches you, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen when the anointing touches you. It totally changed my life. And, you know, I, I had my, my, come here, Liam, come here. You never know if you're going to get called on around here. I want, I want my, so I, we were talking to our boys last night. And, and I was just, I said, Liam, what, what happened to you? What happened? Like, what did God do in you? And so tell the people, what, what happened to you when you were in Florida? Uh, I got prayed for and my belly felt like a whirlpool. <laughs> I said, I said, you got prayed for. So hands were laid upon you. Yeah. And, and you received a fresh touch from God. And so I said, well, what did that feel like? And he said, he, just, he said, it felt like a whirlpool in my belly. And I thought, I've never heard that before, but what a great explanation. Because the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Do you, do you think that everybody should have that whirlpool in their belly? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? How do they get it? Uh, they get prayed for. <laughs> They have to press in. Did it, did it take, you had to show up, right? You had to show up and you had to say, Jesus, come touch me. Touch my life. Do whatever you want to do, right? <laughs> I don't know. What did you say? What did he say? Like, that I will receive and forgot something but that but that you would receive yeah. from heaven yeah 
Amen. Thank you, bud. But God, he wants to touch every child, every child, every adult. This is not just for, you know, somebody. You know, it's just for everybody. And so the anointing makes the difference. And so I was thinking, I was like, Lord, and if I don't finish this, then I'll continue one night. So, because I got a lot. But um, so I was thinking, what, you know, the anointing is... It's an experience. It can be t- tangible. It can be felt it, because it can manifest in different ways. And maybe we'll go into that and how that happens this week. But, but I was thinking about it. And, you know, when you have an experience, that means you have knowledge. You have revelation of something, right? And I was thinking about this thing the other day that happened. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually quite funny. It wasn't funny at the moment, but it was funny. Now it's really funny. In fact, at 3 o'clock this morning, I was hoping that my husband wasn't going to hear me laughing out in the living room. But, uh, you know, the anointing, you, you can't see it, but it can be felt. Yeah. Who's felt the presence of God before? Yeah. Isn't it wonderful? You can't see it, but you can feel it when it manifests. Well, the other day, I, uh, well, maybe it was like a week and a half ago or so. I don't know. It was before my husband left. But anyways, my kids were begging me to make food. And uh, if you know me, I'm not the best cook. I mean, I like to cook when I have time, but I don't have a lot of time sometimes. And, And so, you know, I went on like a food prep binge, okay? So like, (laughs) instead of just, you know, making a couple at a time, I was like making like five at a time, you know, and I was multitasking. And and so I thought, you know, I got these, these chicken sausages from Costco, and I thought this would be good for the kids to just grab every day when I'm at work and stuff. And, um, and so I had all these chicken sausages. I took the whole pack, and there was like, you know, 20, 20 of them in there. Not that I needed all of them, but, you know. And, uh, and so I took them out, and I thought, I'm going to grill these things. I'm going to grill them. And uh, <laughs> you, some of you might already know where this is going. <laughs> and so my husband's normally the grill. He's the griller, okay? And... I'm not, I, I, you know, I just don't like fooling with that kind of stuff. But I thought, I'm going to do it because I'm, I'm on a roll right now. And so I, I take out the, the chicken sausages, and Gail happened to be there. And uh, she's drinking her coffee, you know, and we're just having fun talking. And I go out, and I was like, okay, I think obviously I need to turn, <laughs> turn the propane to the left. And I turned it on. She comes out into the deck, and she's, you know, we're just talking. And, and I was like, okay, the, 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 the directions were a little bit, um, they were on the grill, you know. It tells you what to do. And, but it was, like, kind of messed up a little bit. Some of it had been rubbed off, you know, over time and stuff. So I was trying to read the directions. I'm like, okay, step one, turn on the propane. Okay, <laughs> got that, got it, you know. And, and then... Then it said, okay, turn the burners, you know, to such and such. So I turned all the burners, one, two, three, four, five, or whatever. And, and I was like, you know, I, this is okay. Got it. Next step. Hit the igniter. So I hit it. Nothing. Hit it again. Nothing. And I'm like, what the world? I said, Gail, what's, what's going on with this thing? So she comes over, the good friend that she is. And she comes over, and she, she's like leaning. We're both leaning over. <laughs> we're both leaning over. <laughs> and she's standing next to me, and she's like, well, no, I don't think you do it that way. No, no. I. <laughs> and, and I was I was like, no, she's wrong. I'm clearly reading these directions. And 
let me tell you. <laughs> we had an experience. <laughs> we had an experience. Suddenly, I had revelation of what gas does when it's been sitting there without, you know, like minutes. <laughs> and the first thing I did, we both... <laughs> I stood up, and I looked at her. I said, please tell me I have eyebrows. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she, <laughs> she looked at me. She goes, please don't ever do that again. <laughs> started laughing so hard. I'm telling you what, if I didn't know what the fire was, I knew it then. <laughs> the fire, it, 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 it happened. Let me tell you, I had the effects of the fire. Okay. I looked at my arms and I was like, oh, I don't have any hair left. <laughs> but I was so grateful to God that I had eyebrows. <laughs> and Gail said, she said, she goes, I'm grateful to God that I don't have to go to church on Sunday looking like a burn victim. <laughs> it was, I mean, I kid you not, we felt it. <laughs> I don't know how we got unscathed by that one with a little hair on, on, on the arms. I mean, Anyways, but it, it, it combusted. And I tell you what, so you can, you, 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 you may not see, you may not see the anointing, but when the anointing comes and God touches your life, you will never be the same again. And you'll suddenly have revelation, a, a, a real experiential revelation of, of the Lord Jesus when he comes and touches you and you get in the presence of God. But I mean, I was, I was really in pursuit of making this thing work. I was so, I was, I was pursuing this thing. I was like, surely it's got, <laughs> it's got to, got to go. And, um, you know, and so your hunger, I'm just telling you, your hunger for the things of God, you have to stir up a hunger for the things of God. You have to press into the Lord. You've got to live a consecrated life to him. You have to. Because otherwise you'll never, you'll never know him like that. And you'll, you'll, you won't be able to do the big things that God has called you to do if you don't know his anointing and what his presence is. And, um, and so I just want to encourage you. Take this week. <laughs> take this week. And set aside this week to find out what the anointing is and how, how, to, how to make it work for your life. How to live in the anointing. How to live in it. Because there's a way that you can always live in it, not without being goofy and weird. But how do you live in the anointing? And what does it cost to live in the anointing? What does it require of you? Because it requires something of you. It requires something of you. So who has your Bibles? Or Bible, I should say. Let's go there. Open up. <clears throat> Let's go to several scriptures. Matthew 1.16. Matthew 1.16. I just thought this would be good to establish. What is the anointing? What does the anointing do? Matthew 1.16. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of who was born Jesus, who is called the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So is Jesus is the anointing. He's the anointed one. It would stand to reason that we should know and become a student of the anointing. Amen. So 1 John 2.20, go 
Go to 1 John 2.20. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 1 John 2.20. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. The Amplified says, but you have been anointed by... You hold a sacred appointment from. You have been given an unction from the Holy One, and you all know the truth, or you know all things. And skip down to 1 John 2.27, just a couple scriptures down. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction, which you received from him, abides permanently in you. So then you have no need that anyone should instruct you. But just as his, te- his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true and is no falsehood, so you must abide in, live in, never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. Now when it says that you have no need that anyone should instruct you, that doesn't mean that, you know, you just live a lone ranger life and, you know, you stay at home and you don't go to church and you don't listen to anybody. What that means is that you don't need a life coach. You don't need, you, you don't, you don't need that. You have the greater one living on the inside of you. You got the Holy Spirit. So it just, you don't, you don't need a life coach running your life and telling you what to do every minute of the day because the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. Amen. So the anointing, number one, it teaches you. The anointing teaches you, if you're taking notes. Go with me to Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18. Gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And so the anointed, the anointing will cause transformation. It will cause people to be delivered. It will cause people to be healed. It'll cause people to be recover, recover what was lost. It'll cause people to be liberated. Amen. I think that's one of the biggest things that to me in this church and when, why we call it the river is because it's the delivering power of Jesus Christ and the testimonies that have come out of this place are just so awesome because Jesus is so real and he, he is ready, willing, and able to deliver people from oppression and whatever else binds them and holds them back. Amen? I mean, I, I love hearing the testimonies. And so Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the anointing does good. 2 Corinthians 1.21, you can just write this down, I'm going to read it. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. In the Amplified it says, But it is God who confirms and makes us steadfast and establishes us in joint fellowship with you in Christ and has consecrated and anointed us in doing us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit anoints us with the presence of God. What else does the anointing do? Isaiah 10, 27. Go there with me. Real quick. Go to Isaiah 10, 27. Thank you, Lord. I have it listed already in my notes, so I, I have to wait for... Give people a moment. Isaiah 10, 27. You got it? And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. And his yoke, everybody say yoke, from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of good preaching. 
Not good preaching? By having a degree. By going to the seminary. The oak's destroyed because I got charisma. No? The oak's destroyed because you go to a Friday night fellowship. No? The oak's destroyed because you, you, you come to church. No, it's destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing. I love this, and I've never seen this before. The Amplified said, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness, which prevents it from going around your neck. See, that's why this is so important. Because the anointing, another word for it, is the fatness of God. If you look it up in the Hebrew. The fatness. That's why it's so important to get yourself under the presence of God, not just on a Sunday morning, but on a Monday morning and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Many people live and die with the same oppression. Many people live and die with the same problems in their life because they don't get under the presence of God and they don't know how to access the presence of God and they, they deal with the same issues over and over. And here it says, it's very clear. He said, it is destroyed because of the fatness which prevents it from going around your neck. So whatever the devil tries to oppress you with and, and take you down and take you out with, if you keep pursuing the presence of God and living in the presence of God and living in the anointing and staying close to him, that thing can't even attach itself to you. Amen. The devil can throw his best shot, but it will never work. The righteous fall seven times and they get up again. And so I don't care what the devil throws at you. You have to engage with the presence of God. You've got to engage with the anointing. And that's when you'll see it work for you. Amen? But many, many are, they, they, they just, they have these yokes. A yoke is from the enemy. Everybody say the yoke. It's from the enemy. Let's establish that. <laughs> A yoke is from the enemy. And whatever is from the enemy, the anointing will destroy it. The anointing world is right, and it's impossible to stay the same. It really is. My kids were in the presence of God and, and were in two meetings a day for seven days straight. Or five, sorry, but you all know seven because you're there Saturday and Sunday too. But, but they were in meetings. And when they came home, I was like, what happened to you? They were saturated in the presence of God. Amen. The anointing changes things. It, it, it helps you see clearer. It gives you vision for the future. Amen? Amen. Logan said, you know, Mom, I felt like the Lord said that I'm supposed to go to Bible school when I get 18. I said, yep, that would be the Lord. Yep. <laughs> that would be the Lord. The, the anointing gives you vision for the future. Amen. It's so powerful. But, but yoke, anything, a yoke is a hindrance. A yoke is a hindrance. It's, it's anything that the devil would oppress you with. So it can be a, a, a yoke. It can be poverty. It can be um, you know, financial hardships. It can be marriage issues. It can be anything the devil throws at you so that that it holds you back and it, and, it, and it keeps you in submission to that thing. Now, you know me if you've heard me before. I like illustrations because, and this is what the Lord showed me yesterday afternoon, an hour before my husband comes home. You hold that for me. So I was like, Lord, what's a, let me give a good illustration of what a yoke is. What is a yoke? Now, if you, if you study it, back in the, you know, in the Old Testament and back in the, well, I'm sure they still use them someplace, but they had oxen. They had like two oxen and they would go and plow the land. 
and and they would put this this um, yoke these two they would put them in yokes these these circular things and they would be connected so so the the um, the yoke here's here's one oxen and then here's another oxen and so they carry this on their back. I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't have a harness here. Um, <laughs> but I was like, what do I have? And then I thought about this thing. It's my little shelf. I use it for charcuterie boards and shelves and all sorts of things I can find use for this thing. But anyways, um, so I thought of this, and this is what a yoke is. You're being driven. It's a burden. How many of you know carrying this around is a burden? It's, 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 it's not fun, and, and it keeps you tied to that thing. And the Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke, destroys the yoke. So, thank you. The anointing, oh, no, no, I'm, I might use it again. But the anointing, it destroys the yoke. And, and, and. It, you know, but here's the problem. Because people, A, don't understand what the anointing is, or B, they really don't care. So they live with this. A lot of people. And die with this thing right here. And they never get free. And they walk around, and I was thinking, you know, burdens, that's the word, burdens. You know what? A burden might not be a sin, but you're carrying something that's weighing you down because you just, uh, you worry about it. You can't let it go. Been there, done that, bought that t-shirt many times, where it just like, you just have this heaviness because... You're carrying it, and you haven't given it to the Lord. But a lot of people like the yoke. They like to pet it. Well, I don't want to give that up. Because I, I kind of I like identifying with my yoke. I like to identify with my sickness. You know, when I hear people say, oh, my fibromyalgia... Oh, my, my, yep, I just, just really, really uh, something today, my fibromyalgia, or whatever it is. It can be anything. I always say, don't identify with it. We just need to be taught, don't identify with it. Just say, that's not mine. That's just some, it, it's not mine. I don't want to, I, I don't want that thing, you know? Ask the Lord to remove that and press in for it. But, but a lot of people like that because they think that, you know, if they carry around that thing, it's become so much part of them that they don't even know what it would be like without it. They don't even know what it would be like if they got free. Yeah. And it's a fear. It's a fear. But people identify with their yoke, maybe because they get more attention. How many of you know people like that? Well, you know, I just, I just, uh, you know, I need a, I got crippling arthritis. I'm just using this example. Nobody in here, of course. <laughs> Nobody in here. But, but I've got this crippling arthritis. And, you know, it really keeps me from coming to church and keeps me from getting a job and, keeps me from all sorts of things and but you know pastor can you come pray for me that at least maybe I get a good night's sleep no that's how people are well how about asking God if you got to get God involved to get a good night's rest then how about ask God to get rid of the thing amen because the anointing, the fatness of God, to anoint means to paint, to smear, 
to rub all over, to where you become so much like Jesus that nothing else can hold on. Amen? Yoke is not from God. God doesn't want you to carry yokes. He doesn't want you to carry the burden. He doesn't want you to carry a financial burden. He doesn't want you to carry any burden. Why does the Bible say, Jesus said it in the New Testament, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I want and take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So instead of carrying this around all your life, you need to pursue the anointing of God. You know, it can be anything from burdens to yoke of insecurity. Being insecure about yourself, insecure about your call, the fear of man. Anything, it could be lust, it could be pornography, it can be anything that would bind you and hold you back from going all the way with God. The Lord wants you to be free of all that. And it's interesting that 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 Jesus uses the word yoke in contrast to the yoke of the enemy. He said, take my yoke. Learn of me. He said, get to know me. Get to know my ways. Be my companion. Because my yoke is easy. It's not full of burdens. See, religion, there can be a yoke of religion, a yoke of tradition. Jesus wants to set people free from religion and tradition. He wants you to live free. He says, I want to give you rest. I want you to get to know me. I want to be your best friend. Be yoked with him. If you're going to be yoked, be yoked with him. The yoke of Jesus. Hallelujah. But no, a lot of people, they, they, uh, they like it. They like it. Well, you know, I'd rather just have a little bit of God. I don't, I, I'm okay. I don't need to get radical now. I'm okay. would you want God light? The anointing is the fatness of God. Don't approach the anointing like it's some diet line. Like it's some diet line. I want to live a low-fat God life. (laughs) I, I just, you know, give me the, all I need from the Lord is just some low-fat ice cream. Forget the fudge now. Forget it. Just give me a low-fat, the God-light version. We, we don't want to get too radical now. We don't want to get too excited about the things of God. I mean, God forbid we get joy. God forbid. That joy stuff, now that's a little far. That's, that's a little too much right there. Let's just get enough of him to make me feel a little better. But here God has a blank check waiting for people. He has the fatness of God. You know, I recently discovered, I mean, it's funny. I'm like 40 some, how old am I? 42? I'm 43 now? Wow. Am I? Oh, I'm about to be. Okay. I always have to ask him. I forget how old I am. Uh, seriously, I forgot when I met Pastor Will. If anybody's seen that video, Pastor Rodney said, yeah, and she's, how old are you now? And I said, I'm 25. And then I said, oh, whoops, no, I'm 24. And then he goes, eh, long story. He goes, oh, she forgot. It's true, it's a problem I have. I forget how old I am all the time. And, uh, but anyhow, so I, uh, where was I going? 
It'll come back. Oh, yes. Okay, so, so I'm 42 years old, officially. And I just realized that I like ribeyes. My husband introduced me to a ribeye a couple months ago. And I've always just eaten sirloins because they're low fat, right? Not that that's helped me any. But <laughs> I was trying to work on it. So we were on the keto diet. That's why I like keto. That's just like God. Just have all the fat you want, you know? <laughs> I'll take the sour cream and the cheese and you know I used to I used to travel on the road with an evangelist and I remember the days where we'd go out to eat because that's all we ever did you know because when you're in meetings two times a day and you're traveling on the road you're living out of suitcases and you're in church all day you don't have time to cook so you go to restaurants that's where you live and then you start gaining weight in those times you know and then you eat at midnight as well so that doesn't help neither but I remember when I first started traveling on the road and I was really skinny and um and I would, I would sit there with Miss Debbie, and she, she'd order, you know, all sorts of food. And she was not a good influence on me, okay, because I was really trying. And, um, and I remember I would have the salad, and I literally would pick off every piece of cheese on that salad. I'd be like, nope, that's a calorie, nope. <laughs> just, I would put, I would take the cheese off the celery. And she'd just look at me like, what are you doing? You know, and uh, but anyways, I used to be that way, you know, but that's the way people approach God is they want they want the fat free version or they think that they can't have the fat version of God, you know, and, and I'm not being disrespectful about that. You know, I'm just saying that the anointing and the fatness of God, God has so much more for people and he has this blank check that you can you can have all as much of God as you want. You can have as much of the anointing as you want. It's all up to you, and it's all determined by your hunger and your pursuit of that. And so, so, but people have this version, you know, like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want all of that, you know, like, I'm all really okay. But they're missing out. They're missing out on everything that God has. They're missing out of destroying yokes, destroying oppression in their life and everything that the devil has to offer. And so people go to church every Sunday and never get free. And it's a tragedy. It is a tragedy in the, in the body of Christ that, that people could leave the same way that they came in and never see God move in their life when God has so much more. He has so much more for you. He has big things. I mean, when I look at Dylan, I think, my God. I mean, don't let any wet blankets around you. No wet blankets. Just stay the way you are. <laughs> I mean, the testimony, you know, I always use them as an example. I could use everybody as a testimony here. I could look at every one of you and say, well, I know what God's done in you. And it's phenomenal. Totally phenomenal. I mean, just yoke after yoke, just instantly destroyed. I mean, I've never, I mean, well, I have. But I have seen, you know, people hang on to things for a long time. And then the Lord just, boom. I mean, just instantaneously with you. What a good God. But see, it takes hunger. It takes hunger. He says to me, you know, I don't ever want to, I want to be in church more. Can we have more services? Like, <laughs> Because he understands that the more that he's in the presence of God, the less likely that, 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 that the, whatever the enemy has or whatever he, he could go back to, it won't. Because it's, it's that fatness of God that, that it just slips right off, that yoke. And it becomes, every, every time he comes in the presence of God, every time you come in the presence of God, every time you worship at home, every time that you are pressing into him, it's like that thing just, it gets slipperier and slipperier and, and it just comes off. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you for your anointing. Your anointing.
protein that destroys yolks. It doesn't break them, but it destroys them and it obliterates them. Every insecurity, every, every, everything that the devil would throw at you, every fear of man goes, goes from your people. Every burden goes in Jesus' name. You know, the anointing, it is going to cost you something, though. It is going to cost you something. The anointing will cost you everything. It will cost you everything. Are you willing to pay it? Are you willing to pay it? Are you willing to be misrepresented? Are you willing to be persecuted? Are you willing to lay down your life for him? Only the, the pure in heart have to have purity. The Lord is going to take you to a whole new level in him. You just watch. And it'll be quick. It'll be quick, and everything you're believing God for is going to come. That's what I hear the Lord saying. I have a blank check for you, so you just say yes. You just say yes to it. You just say yes, it's coming. Everything that the devil has stolen from you, it will be recovered in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. It is... The anointing requires you <laughs> to get rid of yourself. It is not man plus self that gets the anointing. It is God and Logan, not Logan and self. Got to get rid of self. It is God and Terry. It is God and Lavina. It is God and Carol. And God and Meryl. See, it rhymed. Let me feel, find if I can find another rhyming one here. standing and the Lord will elevate you above all of your peers you keep standing the anointing come here come here thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Lord raise your hands Never the same. Never the same in Jesus' name. Never the same. Never the same, Lord. What will? Thank you, Lord, that you use her to reach her generation. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it right now. That's the anointing right there. That's the presence of God all over you, young lady. Right there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, touch her. Lord, mark her. That's what the anointing does. It marks you. It marks you. It sets you apart. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. That the Lord is setting you apart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. I want to pray for every kid in here right now.
Come and line up. Every child in this room, come and line up right now. I wasn't planning on doing any of this. Raise your hands to heaven. Every kid, line up straight across the room. God is going to use you in your schools. God's going to use you with your friends. He's going to use you, and you're going to be astounded. And he will make you into what he's called you to do. He will make you. He'll make you a fisher of men. You won't fish for other things, but you're going to fish for men. Thank you, Lord. When you come to him, you come like a little child. You come like a little child. Jesus. Jesus. Mom, come here. Your mom, your mom, your mom. Come here. I don't know your name. Come here. The Lord, the Lord touches you. He wants to touch you. Feel you. Torah flowing. In Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. The fire of God. The fire of God. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. In Jesus' name. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. In Jesus' name. <laughs> for every single person in here. I want you to come right now. Those who desire prayer, I just feel the anointing. I feel, I feel the yoke, the yoke destroying anointing right now. You gotta move, you gotta move. If you feel the fire of God right now burning, come, 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 come. Jesus name, I need some catchers too. Be nice to have some catchers. Yep, every single person lined up in this room. Jesus.